Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andy Ruther. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Andy. I'm going to start off uh, by saying this. You said I'm in Los Angeles, California, which is true. But I want you to know that uh, as, as of Thursday, like we, we might even have to record this episode on Wednesday night, I will be in New Orleans, Louisiana, because I have shows there this weekend, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday at Comedy House, New Orleans. Andy, you might be like, what is this plug thing that you're doing right out of the gate? But like sometimes dirtballs just amaze me. Half a dozen messages from people in the in the uh, Santa Barbara County area. What do you mean you were in Santa Barbara? <laughs> guys, I, stick around for plugs on the show, guys. And then you won't have this thing where you're like, you were two minutes away from me. I could have seen a show. <laughs> yeah, guys. So if you're in Louisiana and you somehow missed the 500 plugs I've done for that, I will be at Comedy House New Orleans this Friday and Saturday, followed by watching uh, my Giants play for a draft pick on Sunday in uh, the Superdome. So please come to those shows if you're anywhere in or around New Orleans. Yeah, it reminds me. When I did the pitch in Cincinnati in 2016, I just like was snapping under balls. Just like, well, how do I get tickets? I'm just like, guys, I, <laughs> I and that and that's when the fuse was extremely short on my end. Remember and, the remember the original, like, was it Mata or somebody like was like, what's a zip code? You're, I'm like, you know what? I hate to go full boomer, but sometimes you guys are unbelievable. That was Mata. He didn't know what a zip code was. <laughs> I, d- I do worry about the future, man. I worry. I'm not going to lie. I worry. The future. How about the present, Andy? I know that's it's connected. I, I just, I don't know. Like I've been, I've been on a deep dive on this, uh, this investigation series of articles on Facebook. And it, it's just like, oh, it's so depressing, man. On uh, about Facebook. Yeah. Like Wall Street Journal did like a five part investigation and now it's gaining. Because, st- because by the way, you're, uh, the way it came out of your mouth, it's like every anti-vaxxer. It's like, listen, kind of in the middle of a deep Facebook investigation here, follow, following a, a, tr- a trail of breadcrumbs. It started with my aunt Karen. Oh, I don't even was saying that they're microchipping me. We'll, we'll get to the NBA Rolling Stone store, but I don't even I don't even like the term anti-vaxxer because it, it, it's like anti. It's just an anti. COVID-19 vax. Oh, most yeah. of most of those people are not anti Polio, smallpox, measles, flu, you name it. Most of those they people didn't know, Andy. They didn't know then. It's really uh, not, it's really just a matter of, you know, it, it, it's it really is an anti-anything. I said this the other day too. And I mean, maybe this will lead us into this conversation. But you know, originally my thing with, you know, it's it really seems like a lot of this stuff is political division, obviously. You know, people saying 
this, you know, Democrats say the sky is blue. Republicans say it's gray, whatever. Like they don't, they refuse to agree on anything. But like when it came to the masks, the vax, like you try, uh, I try originally, I'm not like a hyper, despite what, you know, our Reddit says, I'm not like some super woke, whatever. Like I have plenty of conspiracies in my fucking conspiracy theories in my bag. I've been saying from the beginning, this was, you know, a a, a chemical attack essentially on us. Um, But the idea that like uh, giving people the idea, like, okay, I'll hear you out. Why don't you want, why don't you want to take, what are you afraid of? What's the fear? Why are you anti-mask? Okay. What's your thing? Okay. But then I, the day I realized that it's 100%, just like I'm going to go the opposite of what other people say is when um, Joe Biden eating ice cream started getting politicized. (laughs) Once I, once people started being like, look at him eating ice cream. I was like, come on guys. We all love ice cream, right? You can't be. There's people out there who are like taking shots at a guy for eating. Oh, oh, so this is literally just you showed your hand here. Well, well, I, I to be honest, I didn't even follow that. I, I just I, he's well, first, eating ice cream again. First of all, he. I mean, I'm just gonna call it, and then we'll move on for that. I mean, I mean, our current president, he's a walking corpse. I don't care. Like the thought that he is the president is ridiculous. I mean, it's it's a hundred percent ridiculous. The, the guy is not he's checked out. The last president was absolutely ridiculous as well. So I'll leave it at that. You've gone from back to back extremes and you guys can fight all you want. I'm just like, cool, dude, I, I got football. Football has saved me. And, and, and that was my point about the Facebook. Like must be nice, Andy. Must be nice to be a Rams Chargers Bucks fan right now. Huh? Must be nice. Football is hot in LA I, right now. You know, you know, Cincinnati is playing so well. I wouldn't be surprised if you suddenly, if they're suddenly in the mix again. In the words of Lee Corson, off, not off, so fast, my friend. Off the Steelers, no longer a Big Ben Steelers stand. We're just we're exclusively in LA. A lot of le- rust talk has you know really died down on this show. It's we'll, just it's we'll just Brady it. Chargers Rams at this point. Well, we can we can start there if you want. I'll say right now, the Rams are playing the best football on all sides of the ball in the NFL. Absolutely. And to and me, it's the, it's not even a question. And it's, you know, again, we have been I've been on this campaign for a while. You've been on this campaign for a while. It's like McVeigh, the whole the whole theory for a while was like you know, last year, the year before when McVay, when they, they go to the Super Bowl, they have the outstanding season. I think that's year two. Was that year two of McVay? Correct. So they go to the Super Bowl in year two. Everybody's like, oh, best coach in football, best coach in football. Then they kind of have, you know, a little bit of a backslide because they're not in the Super Bowl again. And everybody goes and it's the worst hot take, you know, sports talking heads that we all see. Did he have people figured him out? It's like, no, he, you know, people figure out the, the great coaches, they continue to evolve and they keep staying a step ahead. And I said it before and I will say it again. He was unable to continue to evolve because his quarterback could not evolve with him. And McVay is now the jizz all over his 
computer screen and room. Randy Marsh. Yeah, South Park gif because he has a great quarterback who can now continue to evolve and do all the things and make all the throws and make all the reads. And he's now he's he has returned because he's able to do it to being a level ahead of the majority, the vast majority of NFL coaches. And it's why that they're they have talent. They have a great coach. They have a great quarterback. Yeah. And and last year, their defense led them. They gave up the fewest amount of yards, the fewest amount of points. Make no mistake. The defense led the team last year. The offense wasn't terrible, but that defense was so good. And they bring everybody back and you see how good they are again yesterday. You add Matthew Stafford, who doesn't need training wheels. Jared Goff still needed training wheels. McVay was still in his head calling all the plays. He couldn't make any audibles on his own. Now you have an offense that is letting it rip without a running game for the most part. Let's call it what it is. They're real thin at the running back position. Cooper Cupper. Yeah. And that's, and that's McVay. McVay, like Belichick, like, the, you know, an elite coach in the league changes his everything based on his personnel. Yeah. Oh, we were, oh, you know, last year we were led by the defense. Yeah. You didn't trust your offense. So it's like, don't turn the ball over, you know, let the defense get stops, whatever. Now it's, I mean, the amount of shots and and they finally connected on a couple, but the amount of just Matthew Stafford seeing if he could, how far he could throw it. And if Deshaun Jackson could run underneath it, like they, they opened the game with two of those missed before they got one. Yeah. He never lets Jared Goff make that throw. Sure. He let, he let Stafford do it four times. And obviously Cooper cup is playing great. Already has more touchdowns this year than he did all of last year. There's obviously some sort of connection between those two and it's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, they're, they're stacked. Yeah. They're stacked. And, and, and really, are they that much more stacked than last year? No, they're one guy more stacked. Yeah, they're really not. It's it, You're right. It's just, it's the quarterback change. And you see how important that position is. Now, the Bucs will be all right. Look, the Bucs are, they won the Super Bowl. They got dominated yesterday, but they'll, they'll be all right. They'll be in the thick of it. I'm, right I'm, now, right now, Vegas favorites for the Super Bowl as of yesterday, post the Bucs loss, post the Chiefs loss. Still Bucs Chiefs. I know. Followed by Rams. I was looking at that. Which was weird to me, but, you know. I mean, they're, not, they're, the, not, they're the crop not, for sure. They're the cream of the crop. Not weird, that the, not, not weird that those teams are up there. Weird that the Rams had leapfrogged them. I mean, the Rams, it's they're the best team in the NFC. And they're looking like probably the best team in football. Yeah, I think they're the best team in football right now. Good day for LA football, obviously, and good day for that stadium. It looked, I should say, it sounded loud. Fans were into it. Everybody shows up. It's a celebrity event with Brady coming to town. Yeah. And and listen, you know what? I have, I don't know if you noticed, I don't know if your notification noticed, but like I had a thing where I was like, you know, I I for sure have gotten anti-Stafford hate 
over the years because I've 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 spoken up Stafford, but I in the last couple of weeks I've been in my Twitter and I was like, I can't, you know, I got a guy here and a guy there. I saw like, I, I saw what you were doing on Dirty Sports' Twitter. I saw on Dirty Sports Twitter because I've been so hard on Jared Goff. Right. You were going through last year's tweets. Well, so here's the thing. I was like, I know I've gotten this hate, but I can't. But like, am I making this up? And then I realized where I realized what I was remembering. It was the dirty sports YouTube. Where I said, I have Stafford over Russ in a in what you branded for our YouTube. A is Russell West, Russell Wilson, top five quarterback. And I, I finally got into those. Kind of, I was like, here it is. Here's all the people that say bearded guy. How dare you Stafford better than Wilson? How dare you clown? I'll never subscribe to this. This guy doesn't know football embarrassment embarrassment. So then I just did a lot of like high replies. Like, how's it going? Well, look, how's the I, NFC West this year? Now that Matthew Stafford, who is trash has joined the party. I, I, you know, I, I just I, I was like, oh, I found the I found the pool of hate that I was getting on the Matthew well, Stafford. Well, look, like that, that that's that's a whole other conversation. Those two. And obviously we're only three games in, but it's it's clearly working out. They are going to be a tough team to beat. Obviously, it's a tough division. But it's going to be fun to watch. And like I said, football right now is looking pretty nice in the city of Los Angeles who didn't have either team just five years ago. The, the Chargers, I, I, I don't want to – normally we say, oh, no hot takes. I don't want to underestimate that win in Kansas City. How and can you ha- underestimate it? And how they won. Yeah. They they win. They, they get up early. I mean, like the classic Chiefs these days is to come back, and you, you know they're going to. And no one's surprised when they're down early in that game, when they have a couple of turnovers and then suddenly late in the game, they're leading. Yeah. But yeah, for the chargers to do that, to, to take the punch back, to answer, to go up, to get a stop the whole thing at the end of the game, it's, it's a signature win. And then obviously Andy Reid gets, you know, has an urban Meyer. They lose a home game. (laughs) I'm dehydrated. Yeah. He's, he's suddenly, he's suddenly urbaning. He's not sure for, for the sake of his family, he should probably take a ambulance to the, to the post game press. Sorry. I can't make the press conference. I got having chest pains. Just Chris Farley in the bears video. I'd love to go to the press conference, but so yeah, well, huge win for the Chargers. I mean, Jim Nance said it, and I agree. It's like we, we got ourselves a young quarterback rivalry at this point. And Herbert's the real deal. Herbert had a couple shaky games. Mahomes has now had back-to-back questionable throw. Like the one he did against Baltimore, and now that bad interception. Look, it's year four for him. Yeah. And I just want to remind everybody when they won that first one, everybody was like, oh, he's going to win so many. Look, he's still the best quarterback in the NFL, but you're seeing how hard it is 
to not only go back to the Super Bowl, but to win multiple Super Bowls. Did, and I mean, how many how many quarterbacks ever have multiple Super Bowls? Ever. Eight? eight? It's a small list. Seven? Like, I don't know what the number is, but. Montana, we, we, the, two, the two Mannings, Brady, Bradshaw, Stahlbach. These are just ones off the top of my head. Yeah. Then we go to Bart yeah. Starr. Like, Elway. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's 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 really tough. And like you said, they, they get behind, and that that defense just the the defense has always been their Achilles' heel through all these Patrick Mahomes teams. But the thing about I'll just say it right now: the Chargers are all in are in all around better team than the Chiefs because of their defense. Yeah. Now the now the Chiefs' offense. It's probably better. But my point is, come these games, dude, I, I don't think you can underestimate them starting one and two, and now two teams, three and oh, the Broncos and Raiders, and the Chargers are two and one. Their chances of getting that number one seed, from what I've read, are, are, are very small projection-wise because of that, starting one and two. What's crazy is we went so many years, some of our younger fans – may not remember but we, we went so many years where like that didn't matter nearly as much the last few years being having a home game having a bye has been so much more important you know yeah. the last five seven years now we've added only one team gets a bye so I, i'll be interested how that plays out um you know going forward with just the one seed getting a bye like how important that ends up becoming but, you know, you look at a team like the Chiefs, the, you know, obviously we're talking about them. It's like the idea of them needing to win the division. Like, I don't think the Chiefs, you know, have any better shot of going to the Super Bowl if they win the division, if they're a wild card, if they whatever. It's like, yeah, having a home game would be great. Yeah, having a bye would be great. But they're a classic example of a team. It's like, if everybody's healthy and they start chugging along, it's like, you know, you get into November and December. Oh, Patrick Holmes hasn't thrown an interception since September. Oh, they're like, they have the ability to just dominate teams offensively. And then you work on all things. Like they're a team that has, you know, since Mahomes took over almost a, like it's, you're not even worried that they're not going to play in the AFC championship game, you know? So, they're going to be right there. I, I, they're, they're at the point now. They're like, a, you know, Mahomes has a LeBron James-ish vibe to him where it's like, how important is the regular season besides making sure you stay healthy, you know, besides making sure, you know, your offense continues to evolve. You get like, I'm not that worried about the Chiefs provided they're in the playoffs. But now with the one bye, it's like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens? Well, I just alluded to it. You have the Broncos 3-0, and the Raiders 3-0. and Broncos have had a lot easier of a schedule. Mm-hmm. But it really makes things interesting. The Raiders almost full Raider that game. They lost the spread, which was crushing me. Yep. It had to be Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Who get, dives in fourth and one to ruin that spread 
and then they, they still have a chance to break beat the spread in overtime and they don't yeah if they score a touchdown yeah but they and, won yep the, you know and, and let me say one thing about this and go back to something that i meant to say uh, about the chargers we get off we got off the topic a little bit it's tough to win games in the nfl it, you know the the dolphins without a starting quarterback back in a home game in las vegas it has trap game written all over it, right? Sure. So no one's surprised that they don't cover the spread. But I feel like it's a huge win to start as slow as they did, come back, go ahead, let Dolphins come back and tie the game and go to overtime and still get the win. And the same as the Chargers winning that game, the last few years for the Raiders and last few years for the Chargers, they lose they, those games. Those teams lose those games. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that they want – it's like – those are the steps that you need to take where you're like, how legit is this team? Okay, maybe you want a game you're not supposed to do. Maybe you want a game you typically don't. I mean, this great example, the opposite side of the coin is my team. We've now, you know, get, get their ass kicked in week one. And by all measures of, you know, statistical performance, the Giants win the Washington game and win the Falcons game and they're 0 three. And like, it's the complete opposite where you're losing games. You're supposed to win. There's going to be coin flip games all the time, but typically for the Raiders and the chargers, the last few years, these games that are kind of come down to it, get wonky at the end. They're always on the losing end. Now they're on the winning end. It's a huge culture shift. Yeah, I, I agree. And surprise, surprise with the Chargers, not the same coach. Yeah. And the, and the mental side is is always just important for athletes. I mean, it really is. Or for the culture or for the team. We've talked about it with athletes on this show, and we've talked about it ourselves. When you're drafted to an organization that doesn't expect much, a la Cincinnati Bengals type of organization, or a Cleveland Browns for all these years, it really matters where you go. Whereas if you go to a culture like, let's say a Pittsburgh Steelers, who aren't going to be that good this year, but the expectation is so high, right? Yeah. You always say Super Bowl or bust league. And I don't think a lot of franchises have that mentality, but they should. Well, you know, the mentality should all, I think you always need the Super Bowl or bust. I just think the mentality for certain teams is Super Bowl or bust when? This year, next year, within five years? But the whole the goal has to be always getting you to the position of winning the Super Bowl. If you don't have a coach who can win you a Super Bowl, get rid of him. If yeah. you don't have a quarterback who can win you a Super Bowl, get rid of him. You know, if you don't have an offensive line who can win you a Super Bowl, build it. You know, like it's it's one of those things where I think too many teams, and I agree with you, are just like, hey, we got it. The, the culture needs to start with we got to win some football games. I, I actually think. It's like you look at a team like the Jets right now. Oh my God. The Jets are a disgrace, but it's... the Jets don't the Jets don't do anything. Like the Jets really seem like they're trying to win a game here and there. And it's like, guys, your goal should be developing people to really win one day. No one cares if you go seven and ten. You you're going seven and ten doesn't make anybody happy. The Jets 
to me, are by far the worst team, and it doesn't come close. They are so bad to watch. I can't even watch these games. Zach Wilson's getting killed. He doesn't look good. The whole team is just He doesn't trash. look good because he's he's under, like, he's in a, an abs- he's in a fucking mosh pit every time he snaps the ball. Yeah. I saw this great tweet uh, from Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network. Yesterday's losses by the Jets and Giants mean that they combined for 0-6 in September. Over the last 10 seasons, the New York football teams are 20-49 and in September with just one winning month for each team in that span. Again, this is over Mm -hmm. 10 years. Yep. The two teams have been terrible. And uh, it's not not good for New York football right now. But luckily, we'll, we'll talk about that. But Joe, I, I know you're going through some things watching your your guys just completely implode. I I have something that'll help your your mental health. Talk space, Joe. Oh yeah, right. We, we we always you know mental health is a big issue right now and a big discussion with athletes. We saw it a lot in the Olympics. We're seeing it a lot in all the major sports now. But let's talk about how we need to keep good mental health as fans, right? When you, when you go through an O and three start, I feel like you might need somebody to talk to. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I think that was where I was at yesterday where I had, I really had a decision to make. Was it talk to somebody or just fully give up on the season and focus on being a Rams fan? I went on the lat, I went for the latter. Uh, but you know, I completely forgot about talk space. Yeah. Well guys talk space is great because you have access to licensed therapist therapist 24 seven in your app. So whether you're an athlete, a rec league player, or just someone having a bad day, Talkspace is ready to help you start feeling better with a single message. I have used this app. It's a great app. I have my bad days and just a quick message or a quick video call really can do a huge difference for anybody. So if you're if you feel like your mental health has been stuck on the sidelines, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed licensed therapist. That's a tough word for me today. When you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code Dirty. That's $100 off when you use code Dirty at Talkspace.com. Okay, you guys are 0 and 3. The frustrations have set in. You're kind of waving the white flag on the year. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm waving a white flag on the Giants year. And it's be and it's because as bad as the NFC East is, um, you know, the 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 Cowboys and Eagles play tonight. One team gets their second win. The idea of being 0-3. And and honestly, the difference between the Jets and the Giants record-wise is they're identical, but how they got there is, you know, Completely wildly different. different. Yeah. And the Jets have no talent. The Jets have, you know, little direction. They're starting from year one, new coach. And they're also, you know, an abysmal franchise historically. The thing that's really frustrating about the Giants is I feel like there's a, I feel like there's this popular thing of, of pointing the fingers at certain people. And while I don't necessarily think these guys are doing a great job, uh, 
I, I just feel like there's not a strict enough focus on the people that really should take the blame. The, a popular thing for as long as he's been employed by the New York Giants is Dave Gettleman is uh, is hated and player and he was the Panthers hated him and blah blah blah. I, I'll say this one thing: I don't like Dave Gettleman. Doesn't seem like a great dude. The Giants do not have a lack of talent. The Giants actually, I think, the the frustrating part for me, the reason I waved the white flag yesterday, is I watch a talented Giants team. I watch a team that I truly believe should be competing with the cow, like especially in the in in the division they're in. Are they the Rams talent wise? Are they the Chiefs talent wise? Are they the Bucks talent wise? No. Are they the Cowboys, Eagles, and Washington football team talent wise? Yeah, I believe they are. Daniel Jones is playing great, not turning the ball over. The defense has talented players on it. Wide receivers yesterday, they lose three their top three wide receivers, and they still have guys performing. Everybody wants the 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 headline grabbers are over the last couple of years is Daniel Jones is trash. Dave Gettleman doesn't know what he's doing. I would argue that those guys this year have proven they're competent at the very least. Meanwhile, and this is something that has plagued teams around the league, including, you know, the Jets with their coaching situation last year, including the Bears right now, including the Chargers the last few years. Joe Judge is one one situation because he's an unproven commodity. He gets taken from Belichick and, you know, we're going to do the whole Belichick thing and we're going to blah, 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 blah. But it, a vet, uh, somebody who we have a ton of statistics on, a ton of history, a ton of film on, Jason Garrett is incompetent. He's an incompetent offensive coordinator. He's an incompetent head coach. And honestly, I, I, I hate to do this because it puts a lot of my, uh, you know, ticket receiving and, and all kinds of Giants perks that I get in question. But like hiring Jason Garrett to work in the Giants organization after you play his team twice a year and only win ever against Dallas because of his incompetence is hor- is galactically stupid. And it's being proven. The Giants have two consecutive football games that they dominate the other team and and lose merely because they get down to the red zone and they settle for field goals. The end. And 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 what's even more horrible is what works for the Giants. Jason Garrett abandons anytime there's the game online. And I know that Cowboys fans know this. You know, Dak has played great under Jason Garrett those last few years. But then you get down into the red zone. It's just, hey, let's just hand it to Saquon. Hey, just hand it to Zeke. It's like you you ride an RPO in Washington, and then you don't run it one single time this week. You're driving the ball down the field passing-wise, and then you get into the red zone, and you put the fucking parking brake on. And – the Giants dominate the first half and they're up six, nothing. And then a shitty penalty. And you give the Falcons back field position at the end of the half. They go up seven, six game over. 
Jason Garrett has a resume as long as my Johnson that proves he's an incompetent and antiquated NFL coach. He does. He's there's no creativity. You have Saquon Barkley. You have a quarterback who can run the football. Not that that's my favorite thing to do because I think guys tend to get hurt, but then you do it and then you do it sporadically. You have receivers out the ass. You, you got, you go out and you sign Kyle Rudolph. You go out and you get, you have Chase, uh, Evan Ingram. You don't give him the ball ever. You don't get Saquon Barkley, the ball in space ever, ever. Joe judge is a whole other situation where I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's like, if you're going to lose games because of penalties and you're Mr. Run laps, it's like at this point, we again, antiquated millionaires in a player's league. No one's afraid of running fucking laps. You're it's antiquated. I'm a hard ass coach. It's antiquated. Well, my biggest problem has always been retreads with coaching in general across sports. And that's, that's what's going on here. And, and I know there's not so many Sean McVay's or Kyle Shanahan's out there. I, I, I know that like the young offensive minds are tough to find. They're a diamond but, in the but rough. The, and, and then listen. But we got to stop People rehiring go, Who the guys. fuck is LaFleur? Who the fuck is this guy? It's like. Who cares? I'll tell you who he's not. Adam Gase, Nagy, Jason Garrett, fucking, you know, Hugh Jackson. It's un- like the, I, the New York Giants have had a Jason Garrett boner since he went to fucking Princeton. And he was like a backup. I'm they, they this organization has had a Jason Garrett boner since before he was in – and then you do you bring in the coach, you don't do the retread situation, right? You bring in Joe Judge, and then you force him to take on Jason Garrett. I've never like Andy, it's there, you're in a division against a Cowboys team that over the last 10 years has been significantly more talented than you and not significantly more successful because they've had an idiot coach. And then you hire that idiot coach. There's a, there are a lot of coaches that I would get rid of. And you, you reference Nagy. The, the Bears are so brutal to watch, man. Like, 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 like this, that, that's why I picked Cleveland and didn't hesitate. Because I, I watched the Bears-Bengals game last week. Matt, Matt Nagy is so... Justin Fields had one net passing yard, one. Well, the, and 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 that's the thing about the Bears. It's like you get a game like this. To me, this game is a fireable game. I agree. You have Trubisky. You get Foles. You get Dalton. You have Fields. Like the idea that you decide to start Andy Dalton. He goes down. You invest draft capital in a future quarterback. And then you have no idea how to use how to have it. Like you have no idea how to use him. You don't bring a game plan that simply he's young and inexperienced. 
bring a game plan that just says protect him. Literally, I think he like, was sacked nine times yesterday. To me, and this is nine. this is some this is something that I also think terrible coaches do. And we go back to Sean McVay being a great coach. Is Sean McVay left the training wheels on Jared Goff the entire time? Sure. He was in Los Angeles. Yeah. I would rather, and this is what I've said about Daniel Jones the last few years. Like, how do you judge somebody? How do you judge Zach Wilson when Zach Wilson is running for his life? You can't. Literally. Put every single guy on the line to block. Take your best receiver. Put him on the outside. Let the quarterback have to make one read. Like, this is an exaggerated way of saying what they should do, but not that exaggerated. Yeah. I mean, I mean you got to have a fucking young quarterback. You got to protect him, protect them. Look at Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. He's not putting up any impressive numbers for Carolina. Now it helps. They have a great defense and they've had a pretty cush schedule, but look at Sam Darnold. Look at Sam Darnold on the Carolina Panthers versus how he was in the New York jets. It's night and day. He looks comfortable. Yeah. He looks calm. He's not forcing bad decisions. He's not running for his life. Yep. It's, it's, it, it, it's night and day. I, I, I just think, I think a lot of guys don't know how to protect their young asset. And, and develop them and develop them. I mean, through the years, how many guys do we have where it's like, we're just going to throw this guy out there. We're going to see what he can do. Then he looks bad. Then we move on. Then he goes somewhere else. Then he plays better. It's like, and, and honestly, this is like Nagy should have been fired immediately post game yesterday. Jason Garrett should have been fired immediately post game yesterday. What are you waiting for? You, it's, it's a slap in the face to your fans. And the Giants, I mean, again, the Giants are a guy jumping off sides on a field goal and a bunny interception away from being two and one. And and you don't even need either of those if your offensive coordinator doesn't take his foot off of the half a, a gas pedal that he's on. And you're just going to let him... You're just going to let the guy hang out. You're just going to let the like any other job would be like, dude, you, we have to fire you. You've cost this company X amount of money. Like if a trader just goes into the fucking office and blows billions of dollars, like the giants with Garrett and judge slightly less. So the bears with night, like how do you do this to your fan base? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, the, the Nagy thing is, like I said, I, I think it's it's really bad, and these guys. But like, my thing is, you got you, you give give somebody three years. Like, let's see what you do in three years, and if it's been more than three years, and you have shown incompetence, you got to get rid of these guys. It's the Gase hire. It's like you know, like all these guys who you. It's McCarthy. We have look at what has happened when guys like, you know what? There should be a rule 
there should be a rule that guys have to like, if you're transfer, if you get, if you get fired, you should have to sit out a year because when the Packers get better, when the Packers get significantly better, it's night and day. Like the president, yeah. Doesn't that tell you don't hire Mike McCarthy? Uh, I, I mean, the Packers, it's the Packers situation offensively is night and day. And the Packers now win two in a row. All these idiots, of course, I tweeted about like, because I, I laugh about all these idiots who were saying Aaron Rodgers was done and he's too good and he's too smart. Like he said, hey, it's one week. Week one after skipping the the entirety of the offseason with the, the like yes the, pa- the Packers bring- are the, by the way I put the Packers right up there like like I yeah. like if their defense plays how it did yesterday uh I put the Packers right up there contend for a Super Bowl I do the the you know everybody kind of wanted to say like blame the Aaron Rodgers and guess what I do blame Aaron Rodgers for week one because you know, and I blame the Packers organization. I, bl- I blame the rift between the Packers organization and Aaron Rodgers for week one. You have an entire week of, you have an entire off season where you guys are, he's not coming to workouts. He's not on the same page. He's not doing whatever. You barely play in the preseason. Yes, that's, res- that's the responsibility for week one. But the idea that he was washed that he was get, like, I mean, it's so, oh, they figured out the Packers. Oh, it's like, guys, historically, there's just no evidence of this ever happening to anybody. Yeah. I do wonder watching that game last night. Because they fall in a 17 to nothing hole. And Garoppolo to me is the, eh. Like, he'll make some bad throws. He'll make some fine throws. He'll do what he has to do. Like he's nothing special. You got to wonder though, watching that game, what his leash is. And at what point does Shanahan say, okay, we're handing the keys over to Trey Lance. Well, they're two and oh, right. No, I'm saying yeah. going into that game, they're two and oh, you're on Sunday night football. It's like, I, I feel like the, I feel like the leash with him. I feel like this is a very, Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick situation is like you have the whole year, you have practice, you have whatever of working this guy in. And I, I trust Shanahan so much more than I trust a Nagy or a fucking Jason Garrett to be doing all that work behind the scenes, the way Harbaugh was with Kaepernick where, Oh, look at him. He's using him here randomly on the goal line. He's using him here randomly in a short yardage. And suddenly it flips and he's a starter. I just think Shanahan is going to ride Garoppolo as long as it makes sense to like, as, as long as it's successful in terms of uh, you're in the hunt for the division, you're in a playoff position, you're whatever. But I do believe Shanahan knows it's a Super Bowl or bust league. So it's like having him there and then potentially turning it over to a guy even late in this year when you think he has the experience now that he needs 
from getting game reps in the NFL, from getting tons of practice reps in the NFL, from building you know certain aspects of the offense around, I could see it. But I also don't see him necessarily pulling the plug on Garoppolo until he feels like he has to to win. And yeah. and right now to win football games, he doesn't have to do that. But r- winning football games is the goal right now. As you get to November and December, the goal is to win playoff games and win the Super Bowl. And so that's when I think you'll see if, you know, if they lose a game like this or if they're down 17, nothing in a game like this in November, that's where I could see you see him go. "Mm." Because once you do that, it's hard to go back. And I have to comment on the end of these games. You saw it. The end of that game. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but I just don't understand these defenses. It, how, how many years are we going to do this? How many years? You saw it in the Ravens-Lions game. Dude, you're the Niners. You have a great front seven. You have great pass rushers. Aaron Rodgers was getting pressure on him. All, they were getting pressure on him all night. Can I, can, you know. What, 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 dude, it's 37 seconds. What are you doing? I'll, I'll, take, it, I'll take it back one step. I think more egregious is not taking Andy at the goal line and kicking a field goal to win the game, as opposed to even putting it on your defense, 37 seconds left because the Packers don't have any timeouts. They can't stop. Like you, you don't, you know, the sure, whole, I, I agree the, there as well. Take a knee, go down on the one, take a knee. You win the game. I, I agree because, I, I, because here's the thing defensively, they have no timeouts. They have 30 seconds left, 37 seconds left. You had one insane Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers only throw that gets the biggest chunk. Like that defense wasn't that bad on that. I mean, he gets it over the guy's hand by a foot. He drops it between two layers of the defense in the middle. It's like, and you still almost escape. But again, my thing is, why not bring, bring the fucking house, man, bring everybody. Because if you, because if then, then you get, you could potentially get beat on one throw. Big deal. You're going to, you're going to get beat on the field. Like, but that's my point. You're going to get, you're giving up the big chunks anyway. I I, I just don't get teams. Never want to bring people. They've never wanted like I, the prevent defense does not work. If you watch that Baltimore Ravens, Detroit lions game, and I was watching it. Lamar Jackson sat back in that pocket and he had all day to complete a fourth in 19. There's, pass. there's a huge difference uh, from the lions and the Niners and even Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. I would argue, and this would be my argument. My argument would be Aaron Rodgers is literally the only guy who gets done in that situation. What got done last night. And therefore, if you're playing the only guy who could do it, why are you even giving him the chance to do it? Tom Brady doesn't make that fucking throw. Like, I just don't think anybody but Aaron Rodgers in the league, in that situation, with that amount of time, with that amount of timeouts, with the way they were doing it, even gives you a chance to lose the game. So therefore, by that logic, don't even give him the ball. And like, 
I mean, I know people are hammering that. I, I just like I, I, the Niners still almost got out of there. And it, it was just, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. That, that was in, like the first throw over the middle between layers. It's insane. Yeah, it's a great throw. I mean, I mean, look, but I also had. I agree. You can't give him that much time. I like in my head. I thought Packers are going to win this game. Like he, he, he's at least going to give Mason Crosby a chance to win this game because he's that good. Again, maybe that's just me. Like, like I do. I, I just, I see all these games though. How, again, how many years I've watched football like religiously for 30, 31 years The prevent. How many times are we going to do this? By the way, that lions game and that missed delay of game. Cause again, I was watching it live. That is such an egregious, awful call. It was almost two full seconds and that shit cannot happen. And I legitimately feel bad for Lions fans that they lost that game. That should have been called. I don't know how it's not called. And you know what? To me, that is a hundred percent. You see in the NBA, that's a hundred percent favoritism to a former MVP. That's what it is. I mean, there's, so there's obviously this thing. I mean, the, the, it being off that much seems crazy, but there is this whole thing of specifically with the play clock. It's not always lined up on TV and whatever, but yeah, it seems, it seems insane. I mean, Joe, it was, it was, it was, I'm watching it. I'm sitting there. I got the game mix on my computer or whatever. And I'm like eating lunch or something late lunch on my kitchen table. And I'm like, wait, what, what's going on here? How is this not? Now it was the most Detroit way ever to end a game that he doinks it off the He doinks it off the when goal Joe post. Judge and da- when Joe Judge and Dan Campbell take their like motivational speaking shit on the road two years from now when they've both been fired and yet still get hired by whoever to be like, these guys were once NFL coaches. They're like, yeah, we went over in our fucking careers. Well, you talk about we talked about the culture earlier in the show. Like that is Lions culture. And and losing is- that game. And, and here's the thing about the line. And this is, you know, people can say I'm a Giants homer or whatever, but like. Well, you are. That's your team. That's- right. I, I'm a, but like the difference between and, and specifically, I'll also add before I even go into it, you know, how bad the NFC East has been is like the Giants are two shitty losses in games that they, you know, not realistically should have won, but like percentage wise, you know, uh, per, you know, probability of winning wise should have won like five times over away from being two and one in a shitty division. I know it's hard for, fan, but like, if you're the, if you're the lions, like, thank God you lost that game. <laughs> like, I'll say that, like, why do you want to win football games at this point? You're the, you're like, I, I just, your- no, I disagree there. I do. You need hope. You need like, like, if I'm a Lions fan, all I have is despair. When I lose, when I lose a game like that, that is that is mentally backbreaking. You lose. You, you, there's a missed call for delay of game. He could before that he completes a fourth and nineteen with ease. He but has me, a record-setting field goal, dude. If you're a Lions fan, oh my god, that's got to be awful. The Lions have to learn from their history, or they or it is doomed to, or they're doomed for it to repeat itself. And it's repeated itself three times now 
in ways that it's only ever happened to the Detroit Lions. You're, you have now been given the opportunity for a fourth shot at it. Your goal as a Lions organization should be to once again put yourself in draft position to draft a Barry Sanders, a Megatron, a Matthew Stafford, and then for once, not fuck it up. For once, give that person some help. For once, give that person a competent head coach that can help that person succeed. For once, provide talent around the person. You have had this. Like, this is what, what gives me so much joy about the Matthew Stafford situation. All the tools. Fucking number one overall pick comes and people go, oh, what does he fucking want? He's been on the Detroit fucking Lions. He's going to win an MVP. Like, that's what he's wow. fucking want. Wow, you are drinking three games in? Well, I mean, at this point, He's getting MVP, but like if 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 the if a year ends today, he gets MVP votes, right? A lot can happen, though. Right. I mean, I'm just saying, like 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 my like my guy Russ after seven games last year was looking very MVP worthy, and we all know what happened the last nine games. Yeah, just I would say Matthew Stafford and Russ are different players, and on different situations, different teams. Like, dude, I just think. That's I, listen. I know it's hard when your team sucks to just. But the, the same thing that goes for the New York Jets. Protect the kid. D- you know, don't bench guys who are going to be future teammates of this kid because they're not playing well. Like you're not going to win football games, and you're in a really really tough division. Like, build the team. Like, play to play to. Like, well, you you know, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I know what you're saying. I think a prime example of that was when Marvin Lewis took over the Bengals. He took over a two and 14 team. You know, they go, I believe, eight and eight his first two years. Palmer sits for a year behind Kitna. He makes the change. And then we all saw Mar- Marvin did. I- I'll say this about Marvin Lewis, and I've been critical. He changed the culture in Cincinnati from losing to like, hey, we're making the playoffs all the time, mostly, or you know, four out of five years. But he couldn't get them to the next level of changing that culture to we're expected to win playoff games. Yeah, if that makes sense. I I, I think I think the Lions are so far removed. But they're also in a division outside of the Packers that's suspect, right? Like you got the Matt Nagy situation in Chicago, Minnesota. Who knows? Minnesota looked great yesterday. Cousins looked great. But here's the thing. There's no lack of good teams in football. There's no lack of good teams in the NFC West. So you're not likely finishing second. This is what I was saying about the Giants versus the Jets versus the you know, the line, the lions is like the team that wins the NFC East could be bad and still make the playoffs. Yeah. Being mediocre and finishing second in the NFC North to the Packers, you probably still don't make the playoffs. Sure. The whole, you, if, if you're not going to make the playoffs, fuck it. 
I think speaking of not making the playoffs, I don't, I, I don't think Seattle makes the playoffs this year. Their division's too hard. And, and, and their defense, their defense sucks. And their offense every week. It's funny watching Seattle, my guy Russ. They always have a great first half and they just suck every second half. They suck. Dude, Kirk Cousins was absolutely shredding them at will. And that's a testament to the Seahawks defense because if Kirk Cousins is pressured, he is due to he's get poop on his pants. And Dalvin Cook didn't even play yesterday. And I, I think you know, Russ has never this 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 is my guy's test. Russ has never had a losing season. Well, I'm not saying I'm giving up on him after three games, but this could be the first losing season because, like you said, that division is just so hard. And the NFC in general is just so stacked. And they win the division last year. They go 12 so and four. They, they have a first place schedule. Yeah, exactly. Now we'll do some quick hitters. I want to discuss the Steelers. They're a team also losing record. I'm predicting it. I've, I've been, I predicted that last year. and was a year early, but I, I, I mean that offense yesterday, Mike Tomlin, though, never has losing records. Coach of the year. So great. Unbelievable. Should, I mean. Bringing back him, Big Ben. Him oh. alone, right? Him, Mike Tomlin alone. With the what Omar a, Epps look and the, the fucking mirrored sunglasses. Looking like, looking like you know, the, the guy who uh, was Mavericks Rio after Goose died. Like, we got to, like, no? Mike Tomlin isn't the GOAT? Well, not just Tomlin. You, you, you bring like this this Ben Roethlisberger, old Ben. It's tough to watch, man. You mean old Ben? It is tough to watch their offense. They beat the Bills because of special teams and defense. They're they're they. I don't I don't know. I mean, they're Pittsburgh. They might turn it around, but they're going to be tough. Now, let me ask this. Of the three and O teams, who's the most surprising? So you have the Broncos, the Raiders, the Panthers. Let's go from those because the Rams being three and O is not surprising. The Cardinals I mean, I, is, is the Cardinals being three and O surprising? It's really not to me. No, I think the most surprising is probably the Panthers. I agree. I mean, they had uh, they had obviously easy tests with the Jets and the Texans. Um, but probably most surprising because they play a Saints team that everybody figures was going to be good in week two. So, like, they really only have one surprising win, but I'd say that's still kind of more surprising than the Broncos, who really don't, like, what what's the surprising Broncos win so far? None. I, yeah, I would say it's Carolina. Are you watching these Saints games, by the way? At all? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I know I know the Saints fans are like, oh, we're sick of hearing it, Ruth. We're sick of hearing, it. dude. You guys have no chance of going anywhere. None. The, the amount of like basic, dumbed down offense. It's it, dude. It's mind blowing. It's now that the yeah, Sean, dude, dude, Jameis Winston. This is Jared Goff. This is Jared Goff. No, this in, is Jared Goff on steroids, dude. I know. The, they're they're if you watch Jameis Winston where he's just slinging it around in Tampa Bay, he's throwing 
he hasn't thrown for 200 yards in a single game. Yeah. They have a great defense. The Saints have a great defense. Great defense. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about the Raiders. Obviously, they're one of the three and and0 teams, whatever. But like this, like, you know, all these rumblings, all this thing about uh, Gruden not li- loving how safe uh, Carr was. So yesterday, he throws a wild pass that gets picked off for a pick six, puts him in an immediate hole in that game. But then also, they come back and win the game because he is, the whole year, he has been taking shots. And they're 3-0. It's like, you have to have a balance of protect the football, but you can't play afraid. And you, like, the, the, the thing with Jameis is like, why is it even your guy if this is your strategy? I couldn't agree more. You said this last week. Bridgewater. You had him. You had him. I couldn't agree more. If your strategy is play it safe, do a la Alex Smith type football, cool. You want to go 10 and six? I'm sorry, 11 and seven. Uh, my math's terrible. That's 18. You know what I'm saying? This is all, this all messing me up. You want to 10 go 11 and, 11, 11, and seven, 11 and six? You want to do that with this deep? Like this defense is really good. And cool. you can run the ball. You're right. You got you got great running backs. You got Taysom Hill coming in for some packages. Now they're, they're they're lacking weapons on the outside these days, but sure. but so are the you know so are the Giants yesterday when their first three receivers go down to start the game. They still but, drive the ball downfield until they get in the red zone. Because because you're still gonna get the thing about Jameis is right. You're still gonna get you're still gonna get like that touchdown pass that that like where you're like dude you got lucky. Yeah. You're going to get that vintage Jameis. I would call it. Normally that's intercepted, but I I really don't know. Jameis has a great arm. If you're going to have Jameis, let him throw the ball around. But take, but take, you know, I've watched all their games. I'd love to see, and I could be wrong. I'd love to compare the amount of snaps Taysom Hill's getting this year versus last year. I feel like he's getting in way more plays and they have way more inclusive packages with him. I could be wrong, but I feel like he's getting more PT because again, there's nothing dynamic with Jameis, at least how they're using him. But I don't know. And meanwhile, their guy that they brought in as the high-paid backup to play safe football, should Drew Brees go down, is also 3-0 with the Broncos in Bridgewater. Now, I know you had on the rundown, read the rundown. Uh, I know you had a, on the rundown, which of these teams are pretenders and won't make the playoffs. I would say, yeah, won't make the playoffs. I would say, I know, listen, I know. Let me just get out in front and say, I know when we talk about 3-0 football teams that this is going to trigger the fans of those teams. Like, how dare you? We're fucking 3-0. and What do you mean we're not the best team in football? How fucking dare you? The Broncos are just in too difficult a division. I just think the Broncos schedule so far and the style of the Broncos play is, is almost not suitable for the division. Like every other team in the division when you play those division games, you could potentially be in a shootout situation with 
or in a game where you're going to have to trade some scores. I just don't think the Broncos have enough offense for the division that they're in. If the Broncos were in the NFC East, yeah, they're going to the fucking playoffs. Well, but I, I just would, don't think in the AFC West. I would argue the AFC isn't that good. So they have more of a chance because Carolina, while looking good, especially defensively, the NFC is so stacked. Again, well, I'm just talking, making the Carolina playoffs. the same thing. I agree the same thing. But the Carolina, if they keep playing like they're playing, they get an easy win here and there against the Falcons. They get an easy win here and there, you know, like maybe not against the Saints, not against the Bucs, but it's the same thing. It's a difficult division. So, yeah, I think that those are the two themes. I think the 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 Cam, Peyton, Super Bowl rematch teams are the ones that missed the playoffs, having started 3-0. and but, but I think the, the bottom line is... But I think know, three teams could get in from the AFC West. Cool. So the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs? I mean, they have to jump one of them true because the nfc the, the north it's only going to be it's only going to be the browns the but east I, is only going to be the bills but i specifically think and and i and i i think i think the panthers if i had to bet right now i'd say the panthers miss the playoffs as well strength okay. of the N, strength of the nfc sure i think that i think the saints figure it out the bucks are obviously probably going to win that division but when you specifically the Broncos in a division where they play three teams that can just load points onto the board. It's like, to me, it's going to be hard. I I don't see the Broncos going 500 in the division. And I know Broncos fans are losing their minds right now. As they, I mean, we'll see like, like, I mean, these, again, these AFC and NFC West, the Western divisions are so good. Like I, I almost like, the Broncos three wins more than I like the Raiders three wins because they're playing some defense. But again, the Raiders in a shootout with the Chargers, it's like, okay, let's see what happens. Or the Raiders in a shootout with the Chiefs, like, oh, okay. By the way, those tickets I have sold within five minutes of that Raiders win. Raiders Chargers? They've been sitting on StubHub for a minute. The minute, dude, the minute they won, I get an email. Boom, sold. The minute they won yesterday. Like within five minutes. When is that game? It's Monday night. Next, next Monday week. night. Yeah. You get a good price for him? Same price as uh, the Cowboys. Nice. Yeah. Making, making dough. Look at this. Little sports investor. Every day I'm hustling, hustling, hustling. I just think given, given the styles of play in that division, it's going to be tough to be a team that's like, we're going to grind you out. Yeah, we, lo- we've, see, we've seen that's I, I, not a strategy you, for beating the Chiefs. We've you know what I want? Much. I want Loki. I want the dude. I want. I love obviously watching Mahomes play, and that offense is fun. But dude, I want chaos in that division. I, like I want. I, I want the Chiefs going like eleven and six. Like, Bro, like I don't I, like. I I don't give a fuck if the Chiefs go eight eight and nine. Like I don't care. Like yeah, give me chaos. First of all. Exciting to have the Chargers in LA be good. So good, good for them. Fun team to watch. Great quarterback. You know, I love the Raiders. I have no beef whatsoever with the Denver Broncos, besides the fact that, you know, John Elway's like throwing his wife down the stairs and no one talks about it. But um, his son did that too, for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Now fix your teeth. 
Um, <laughs> the uh, I've no I but I have no beef with the Broncos. Like I know Broncos have good fans. I'm friends with Broncos fans. Like I've no and I have no problem with it. It's like yeah, give me chaos. Like let's give 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 us a crazy division. Same in the NFC West. Yeah. NFC West, obviously rooting for your Seahawks to, you know, continue to be the basement dwellers that they are. Um, Wow. That they are. Well, they're in last place. Sure. The only team with one, two losses in the division. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think it's going to be tough sliding for them this year, especially with their, with their defense. But I, I, I do feel as we wrap up this week's discussion, this is going to be one of the most interesting and fun years in, in recent memory. I already feel that after three weeks, these games have been so much fun to watch. They've given me so much joy, like I said, and I'm not saying that lightly. I have thoroughly enjoyed watching these games. They're exciting. They're Must fun. be nice to be the fan of three winning football teams. <laughs> Must be fucking nice, Andy. Has nothing to do with that. I'm just enjoying watching. Well, let me just say the entertaining enjoyment. football. I agree, and you know, obviously, my enjoyment is tempered a little bit by the fact that my team is miserable, and now I have literally plans to travel across the country to just watch them fucking, you know, be well, be shit again. Another reason I'm really enjoying it is I'm crushing it on FanDuel right now. Great. Yeah. I'm, I'm really doing well on FanDuel and Dirtballs. If you haven't signed up new FanDuel fantasy players, your day is about to get 20% better. You can start playing fantasy this football season and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. We just talked to NFL for a good hour, 10 minutes. All these great players. These are all the guys you can pick up. On your daily fantasy, you can start new lineups every day. They have so many different formats, the main slate, the single game, the best ball, the snake draft. You can even create private contests with your friends on FanDuel. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com forward slash dirty to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com forward slash dirty. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So if you guys want to get in on the action, there's no better place to do it. FanDuel.com forward slash dirty. We got 14 more weeks of this. Yeah. Can I say one other thing about the NFL? I don't know if we're wrapping it up there. Do you know another? You said you're, you're thoroughly enjoying the season. Do you know what's, I would say, bumped up my enjoyment of the season by at least 20% over other NFL seasons? What's that? I know, I know we've talked about our love of it before, but I just want to give a stat that was shared by the original Hall of Fame dirtball, uh, Benengi. Um, the Mannings doing Monday night. Big Mannings. They more than doubled their ratings last week. They went from, uh, I believe it was like 900,000. It was like 800,000 the first week. Yeah, to 1.856 million in week two. People are yeah. coming around. The, the, the balance between the main broadcast and the gap is closing. 
And I say, well, almost like Trey Lance in, uh, in San Francisco, give me like a week 15 ESPN. Just like, that's it. They're just a Monday night crew. Yeah. Well, give it to me. Gives me reason to turn them on again tonight. Wouldn't want to watch the other, the normal broadcast. Yeah. And you know, as painful as it'll be to watch one of the two teams I hate more than any teams in the NFL go to two and one. It's like, it'll be, it'll make it that much easier to watch when I've got now giants ring of honor member. Never again. Will anybody wear the number 10 in New York giants football history? Eli Manning. Just, it, it, it'll just, it's just make Monday night that much better. I look forward to Monday night football more than Sunday night football now. And that was never the case. That wasn't the case since Dennis Miller was in the booth. Well, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen in the NBA with all this crazy news. That's what I'm going to get to. Let's discuss getting text messages of alerts. Imagine the Ben Simmons situation not being the most insane point guard drama. <laughs> so Rolling Stone dropped a article on Saturday night. It's called, it's a long article. I suggest everyone reads it. It's called the NBA's anti-vaxxers are trying to push around the league and it's working. Conspiracy theories in the locker room, mask police in the arena, superstars trying to avoid the shot. After bringing back the culture from COVID, basketball confronts its own civil war. Anyway, uh, it's, it's a nice in-depth investigation, investigative piece that the Rolling Stone published. And it's really interesting. At the center of it is, no surprise, Kyrie Irving. Mr. Flat Earth. So here we are again. I mean, the article at one point saying, and, and, and they kind of buried this, right? This isn't, uh, what was it? The, uh, like the, the, they're specifically like black people and the chips and like Satan, there's a Satan, a quote about like a satanic cult or something like that. Like yeah, it's wild. What the, it and then the only quotes in the article about Kyrie are from like his crazy aunt Tyrika or something like that. Like, yes. what so, the fuck? So for the record, Kyrie is never on record on this article. I, and I, and I do want to, I'm glad you brought that up. So, so Kyrie isn't on record, but Tiki Irving this my internet is jacking. I'm, it's funny. I'm trying to pull up this article and there's a million ads and you hear it like skidding in and out. So I don't want to keep pulling this up, uh, which stinks, but, um, Oh no, to read the full story, I need to subscribe because I'm not subscribed and I already read I, it. I, I think I got it here. Okay. It's a free subscription. So here, let's get to, let's just jump to that. Re re read the thing that you just said about the 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 chip and the the Satanist or whatever it was. Yeah. Um so also, by the way, a big part of the article is Kareem Abdul Jabbar's um 
thoughts on all this stuff, which he publishes on his Substack, which I subscribe to. I don't know if you guys do, if anybody knows, or for those of you who don't know, Substack is like a subscription-based blog situation, and Kareem's is awesome. So uh, where is the satanic cult? Well, basically, as you look for that, I'll just kind of summarize the article because I read it yesterday morning. Basically, the NBA, and I I don't know if everyone fully realizes this, the NBA's bubble was the most successful experiment that's kind of been done with COVID. Yep. And in fact, I watched a whole video the day before on that on the Wall Street Journal. They did a whole thing on it. It was pretty interesting. How they were basically saying how successful sports and it led off with NBA have been in leading the fight for COVID because these are the only sort of examples that we have. And the bubble was so successful and it was also so extreme and such a big chance the NBA took. But now they're getting pushed back is what the article is saying. When the NBA wanted to mandate vaccines for everybody, the NBA Players Association, their union said that's a non-starter. Right. And, you know, the bubble situation is one thing. The other thing that I, I don't think it was mentioned in this article, and I don't remember who, but... I don't remember if it was Kareem or somebody, but some, the other thing that people pointed out is 99% of the WNBA is vaxxed. And now there's literally been no positive WNBA COVID tests. So like, there's also the, you know, the idea of like, well, where's the proof? It's like the proof is in the other basketball league that is also owned and operated by the NBA that is showing you why this hundred percent would work. Well, look, I know obviously you can still get it. Like, I'm not going to deny it. It's it, that's science. Like, we we know you can still get COVID after you've been vaccinated. A lot of people have, but it also greatly diminishes. Well, first of all, it greatly diminishes your chance of getting it, and also greatly diminishes your chance of serious side effects or serious health. Right. Effects. And Problems. then also this, yes, NBA players, young, generally healthy, sure. Less likely, but like NBA players aren't the only people involved in running the NBA. Yeah. So it seems like I would say what a great opportunity to make sure all the refs are super young, but that we know the NBA is not going to do that. So. So the latest news. As of this morning, Kyrie missed the. Media day today. So there's. Because he is not vaccinated, it seems like. Yeah. And there's mask slash vaccination rules in New York and California. And this is the situation with Andrew Wiggins, who put in for some sort of religious whatever. But like he was denied a religious exemption. Yeah. To not be vaccinated. If you want to go to Madison Square Garden as a fan or as a popcorn seller, or as a, you know, security guard, you have to be vaxxed. Same in California. So you have a situation where Kyrie Irving playing in New York, Andrew Wiggins playing in California would potentially, unless they get vaxxed, not even be able to play for their teams. Now, obviously there would be a workaround there. Oh, you know, well, 
this is there. But then again, you got to get into the question of your the NBA. Yes, obviously it's a player's league, but we all know at, like the things that go into it, fans, all that's all a part of the league. And it is kind of ridiculous to say we force all the coaches to get vaccinated. We force all the security guards to get vaccinated. We force, but then we won't force Kyrie Irving to do it. And by the way, again, this is the most important part to me. No one's forcing you to do it. No one is forcing you to do it. You just don't have to play. Yeah. Which again, you could say that for a lot of jobs before COVID you, you had to have vaccinations to have certain jobs, to be around kids, to go to certain countries. Those are yeah, requirements. I mean, I mean, this is, you know, the, this isn't, this isn't new. Now, now look, is this a whole bigger discussion? Yeah. And like, I have mixed feelings on certain things and I'm sure you do too. Like, this is obviously a discussion you could go down forever. And quite frankly, I don't really care enough because everybody can do that on their own, but what I find interesting, one of the Kareem parts, and I agreed yep. with him, yep. is he's like, where are, those, where are the stars being vocal? And you and I had a big discussion about LeBron back in the day, and I, I think that's a prime example of like, where are the stars being like, I'm vaccinated to help this? They're, they're silent is what Kareem was saying. Well, and, and I agree with that. And I think that the, the, the like, for example, where's LeBron James on it is like, when we talked about LeBron James and Vax, not, this is the beginning of the process, right? Now we're at a point where essentially we, so if Wiggins can't show up at the arena in San Francisco and Kyrie can't show up at the arena in Brooklyn, again, what, what, this, what this article is saying is Kyrie's not on the record as saying he's unvaccinated. Well, if he doesn't show up, he's in not, New vaccinated. York, he's not he's vaccinated. vaccinated, right? Yeah. So if LeBron James shows up in Los Angeles, he is vaccinated. Right? Sure. Now I know. Now we'll take it a step further. Absolutely. Kareem's point of this is a issue of public health. Why wouldn't the stars, especially when the black community is the least vaccinated, you know, if you, if, if, if the people, if the role models, if the celebrities, if Kanye can get people to wear the shittiest, ugliest sneakers I've ever seen and pay a ridiculous amount to get them because he says they're good, then yeah, there is value in LeBron James saying, get vaccinated. And it'll be interesting to see if those guys take that step. Uh, why they haven't so far, that is a great question. Um, and obviously Kareem, as a guy who's one of the all-time faces of the NBA, is doing just that. And also someone who was heavily involved in the civil rights movement, Kareem. Yeah. So you have a guy who has been at the forefront both through his playing on and off the court. So it is interesting. I mean, look, at this point. Here's, by the way, here's what it took me forever to fucking find this. 
Irving, who serves of, as a vice president on the executive committee of the Players Union, recently started following and liking Instagram posts from a conspiracy theorist who claims that secret societies are implanting vaccines in a plot to connect black people to a master computer for a plan of Satan. The Moderna microchip misinformation campaign is spread across multiple NBA locker rooms and group chats, according to several of the dozen plus current players, Hall of Famers, league executives, arena workers and virologists interviewed for this story over the past week. So NBA locker rooms are literally talking about microchipping on their iPhones in group texts. (laughs) I, I did see a great tweet about that. That that was what I saw. I go, I go, you gotta love that they're liking these conspiracies on their iPhones that we already know are tracked. Yeah. The, the massive irony here that they don't even realize is just hilarious. And by the way, the gov the government of like, I mean, the whole thing of tracking, forget, forget Apple. Forget opting into Apple to, you know, track you. Forget opting into Instagram and Facebook tracking every single thing you do. Forget the things that you opt in on. Just the idea of a cell phone. If you have a Nokia flip phone, these days the government has is already on the record as saying we can read and watch and listen to everything you do for the for for public safety. Right. Want to make sure no one's a terrorist. Want to make sure you're not plotting everything. We're allowed to listen to everything you do. No one gave a shit. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, look at myself and it's like, my brothers bust my balls hard. They call me a conspiracy theorist. And I take a lot of jokes. And I don't know if I'm a conspiracy theorist. I know I will entertain a lot of theories. I, Definitely have the I don't trust anybody mentality, especially with our government. And whether that's right or wrong is a different discussion. The reason I'm saying this is I, I definitely entertain theories, but I don't say they're 100% true. Like, for example, I'll watch some crazy videos, man. I will. I was watching one the other day. Have, did you know the conspiracy theory that Suge Knight gave Easy E AIDS? Okay. I didn't have you heard one. this? No. So I had not heard it. It's wild. It's crazy. It's probably something Sam Tripoli would do a podcast on. Is it entertaining? Yeah. I watched a few videos on it. It doesn't really, I don't, I probably don't believe it, but it's like, oh, that's a crazy idea. Right. But my my point is conspiracy theories. My point is this this. real quick, Joe. My point is this, like, like that's such a minor. Oh, cool. I'm watching a few videos. Did Suge Knight give easy AIDS, which killed him? It's a wild idea. It's a wild conspiracy. It's not hurting anybody. Me, why? Like what you just read, that conspiracy, that's that's Looney Tunes, man. Well, first of all, there's a there's a conspiracy theory about conspiracy theories uh, that goes back to, you know, the government puts certain conspiracy theories out in the mix so that people talk about them instead of talking about re- the real things that they should be talking about. Sure. There is a conspiracy theory about one of the great conspiracy theorists uh what's the dude what's the dude who fucking rogan has on all the time now alex jones yeah there's a there's a there's a long-running theory that alex jones is a cia operative whose sole purpose is to keep people talking about the conspiracies that america the american government and the fucking new world order and whatever don't care about you talking about interesting and, 
and keeping you, you know, off the, the, you know, scent of the things that they do. The other thing with conspiracy theorists, and I would say, you know, uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist because I don't have conspiracy theories as opposed to, I believe in conspiracies. I think that the worst part of people who are conspiracy theorists is they know something is fishy and then they jump to explain what did happen. I don't know who killed JFK. Okay. But I know Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill JFK by himself from a fucking with like, he didn't do it just because I don't know the answer doesn't mean I don't know the wrong answer. I always talk to people. I say, you know, what's 10,564 times 9,500,015? choice. Is it A, 4, B, 7, D, 9, or, you know, C, 9, or D, none of the above? It's like, just because I don't know what the number is doesn't mean that I don't know. It's not the three options you gave me. Yeah. Too often people try to tell you what is happening. This is what's happening, man. It's like, you don't know what the fuck is happening. Sure. We don't know. You just don't know that the answer that you've been given is what's happening. That's fine. I, people always discredit themselves by having to have a theory that they believe in. Yeah. This is what happened. I know Oswald didn't fucking do it by himself. What did happen? I didn't fucking study it enough. Now, it's yeah, and and to kind of bring it back, no, you'll never know with certainty. Yeah, and to bring it back to the NBA, none of us know for sure. And and but we know it's not a satanic cult where they're microchipping you. Yeah, exactly. And if the guy who's leading, if if you have two groups in the NBA, and the unvaccinated groups. Is led by Are Kyrie Irving, a flat earther, and Jonathan Isaacs, who's you know, only didn't storm the Capitol because he had a fucking game that day. Just look at who you're surrounding yourself with. Kyrie Irving thinks the world is flat. Yeah, you know, Kyrie has always been a contrarian to the point of he's almost doing it to sound smart or clever when a lot of times he's a red pill when a lot of times it's just obnoxious you know he 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 has a history of this and you know it it comes to a certain point of you're such a distraction and, and you always have to you always have to weigh that as a team the distraction versus the talent is it worth it he's dude he he's been this way since he joined the league but here's the difference in distraction versus talent and with Kyrie you know this is the this is the thing that's always brought up with Kaepernick is he wasn't talented enough to justify his place on a team to justify, you know, then the other thing is obviously the ludicrous to justify him wanting $40 million, which there's absolutely no evidence of. Kyrie is voluntarily missing basketball games all the time. Yeah. 
He's voluntarily making a decision not to get vaccinated and therefore un- ineligible to participate in his own home games. Distraction is one thing. Just straight up not being that you have a roster spot. You have part of the salary cap. You're not there. Then don't play. Take away your money. Yeah. This it, is it, the same. This is uh, Kyrie is just a super version of what I've said all along with the Kirk Cousins and the whatever. It's like you're putting yourself in a position where without getting injured, you could at any point be pulled away from this team. When you don't have to be. Yeah. There's, it, it, there's well, the vaccine conspiracy. There's the anti-vaccine. There's whatever. And then there's just being a terrible teammate. Colin Kaepernick was showing up to practice every fucking day, showing up to every game, literally not bothering anybody. And to bring everything way back to the beginning of the show, you know, with, with Facebook and all this, we talk about conspiracies it's not, it's already been proven. This is all in the, in the investigation that the Wall Street Journal did, which is also available on podcast form if you want to check it out. They, they purposely create division, Facebook. And, and this goes into this. So that's not a conspiracy. They purposely elevate, that was part of the thing that was kind of fascinating, comments. That's what it was about. They purposely elevate comments at the top of the algorithm that you're going to get people fighting. Right. And I assume Twitter does the same thing. So now you have this division because it's good for people staying on the app. Right. And it's good for content and it's good for all those things, which the longer you're on the app, the more ads you can see, the more revenue that Facebook and Twitter or whoever can generate. So think about it. Kyrie is playing into this and all these people play into this and they get ready to fight. And that's not a conspiracy theory. That's a fact. And here we are. And this shit's never going to go anywhere but you're right at the end of the day dude either play or don't it's it's not the same but i'll just say for myself i got an email the other day i have to wear masks again all basketball season as the coach even though i'm fully vaccinated am i annoyed yeah like i i, I don't personally want to wear a mask totally and who wants to wear yeah. a mask and, and do i think it's ridiculous that our kids Again, we'll play on the court unmasked. Then the minute they had to sit on the bench, the same rules apply as last year. He's got to put the mask on. Yeah. Do I think that's ridiculous? Of do course it's-, it's ridiculous. But you know what? It is what it is. Guess what else is ridiculous, Andy? Guess what else is fucking way, 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 way more ridiculous? That me and a 95-year-old person wearing, you know, glasses for their 21 million vision drive the same fucking speed on the highway. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But guess what? What do you do? You put up a sign on the fucking highway every eight feet. This is your fucking speed limit. This is your speed limit. This is your speed limit. This is your speed limit. No, you don't. You make one rule for everybody. And it's ridiculous that me and an elderly person have to drive the same speed on the fucking freeway. But this is how, this is how fucking now, listen, 
I am an anarchist. I say fucking none of it. I say let the people all fucking unvaccinated all fucking die. I actually love that we have some sort of, you know, uh, fucking evolution situation here where dumb people are being fucking killed off. But the, the bottom line is this is like we're just trying to have a society and it's insane that we have some. Do you, I mean, do you remember just being like, oh, we're all going to get vaccinated and this is we're, finally, we're going to finally be done with this. The vaccine's ready. Everybody's going to take it. And now we're not because we're the fucking, we have 4% of the world's population and 25% of the COVID cases because people just go, yeah, I've done my own research. It's insane. Well, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I, obviously this division is being put in front of us and people fall prey to it. But back to my point, I'm left with two options as a fourth grade basketball coach. I think either I don't coach because I don't want to wear a mask or I coach and wear the mask and just shut up and don't bitch about it, which is what I'm going to do. I, you know, I, I, I think again, are there holes in the rational, logical thought process of this. Yeah, yeah. there is. But, but, dude, at, the, but at the end of the day, I, I'm just going to wear my damn mask and it's fine. You're get, you're get, you're, you got vaccinated. You're going to wear your mask because you still want to do it. Yes. And also, so what's Brit- the, and also what's the downside? So if you don't do it, like, you know, you're giving up, but like, What's the downside? Like what, what negative comes from it's like annoying to wear a mask. Sure. It's annoying to have to get vaccinated when I haven't taken a fucking, I haven't been to the doctor in 25 years. I've never gotten a fucking flu shot. I never do any of that stuff. Yeah. It's annoying to have to do that. It's annoying to have to wear a mask everywhere you go. But like, how annoying is it? Is it more or less annoying than being like, Oh, Maybe because I didn't get vaccinated, even though I didn't even fucking feel it, I spread it and I killed somebody's fucking grandma. I, I you know, I think for someone like Kyrie, that's what you have. He has to ask himself. Do you really want to play whether it's him or anyone else? Because if you want to skip your home games, when you play for Brooklyn, Dude, I did it just to go to fucking Mets games. I'm not even on the Mets guy. (laughs) Then you don't really want to play. Right. And that's, and by the way, and that's totally fine. Dude, if you don't, if you don't want to get vaccinated, I've said that all along. I, that's fine. I'm, I'm not here. I'm not trying to convince anybody. I don't care what you do. You do what you do, you. But if you don't want to get vaccinated, then just don't play basketball. That's totally fine. Well, you know, it's, 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 funny because there's this thing so that you know in all the division whatever one of the big like memes you know for the anti-vax is like what happened to my body my choice you know what happened to my body my choice it's like dude it's exactly the same thing as you guys have been saying for years if you get an abortion you're not going to heaven it's against god's will you're not going to heaven you're not allowed in heaven if you get an abortion and women are like well my body my choice i guess i'm not going to fucking heaven if that's true, I guess I'm not going. They make that decision. Same thing. Your body, your choice. You just don't get to go to basketball games. Your body, your choice. You just don't get to go to basketball games. I literally got vaccinated to go to Mets games. I'm not on the Mets. 
Kyrie Irving won't get vaccinated to go to Nets games. He is on the Nets. I care more about my baseball team that doesn't pay me millions of dollars to be on it than he cares about his basketball team that does. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, though. I, I'll be, you know, as a betting man, I don't know if I put my odds that he does get vaccinated or doesn't. Oh, I, I'm I'm leaning towards no right now. Yeah. But then the other question is, Andy, like, what do you think his fear is? Like, what or what do you think? Stop. Like, that's the thing I don't get. Because I, 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 I got to believe it's these guys who think that they're getting microchipped and that there's a safe well, cult and whatever. There's a history. Obviously, there's a bad history with the Tuskegee experiment and there's a bad history with our government and black people. That means totally. Just, I, I totally. Mean, which is totally understandable. Of course, it's understandable. The only reason it's not understandable in this situation is all the rich, old, white people that work in government got it first. Yeah. If you're going to be afraid of something, be afraid of the things that they're giving only to black people. Sure. Be afraid of Popeye's chicken that they fucking put in only black neighborhoods. Don't be afraid of, don't be afraid of something that, don't be afraid of something that all the rich, old, white, new world order people took the second they could. Yeah. And and that's what I've been saying forever. Uh, You, as you referenced Popeye's. That's been the most troubling thing for me through all this is the lack of discussion of health, lack of discussion of our obesity problem, the the food we put out there and the food that we all eat. And nobody wants to talk about that. But here we are, man. It's it's again, I, I don't see I don't see an end in sight in all this stuff. And and for the most part. I'd say all of us can can live normal lives. I I feel like I have, and and I have felt very safe since I've been vaccinated. And I'm sure some people feel safe that they're not vaccinated on the opposite side. And that's fine too, but I just want to trust science on these things. And, you know, you do you, Kyrie, but... Don't play. I don't trust. I don't trust science because I don't know enough about fucking science. I don't trust science because I don't read scientific journals. I trust people, and I don't trust Fauci. I don't trust the CDC. Sure. I trust my friends who are scientists. I trust my friends who are doctors. Yeah. I trust my four doctor friends. I called. I trust fucking. Dr. Dirtball Zach Olmstead, who's fucking, you know, the amount of shit he shares with me in terms of like the research he does on whatever, like, dude, I trust the fucking dude knows what the fuck he's talking about. It's like, I just trust people. And unfortunately, I think this is too true for guys like Kyrie Irving and probably a lot of guys in the NBA. Their circle probably isn't a lot of doctors that they're, they're probably Kyrie Irving probably didn't grow up with like a ton of fucking doctors he can call. But and everybody's like, he went to Duke. He went to Duke. It's like, he went to Duke for a year. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously they're not trusting the people that are talking to them at any of these NBA symposiums or NFL symposiums, whatever it is. Dude, trust Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. What the fuck are you guys doing? I know. 
you know, you know, all this, all this, by the way, let me, let me leave one thing about the NBA. It doesn't like, dude, I'm like, if those guys don't play because they refuse it, like, I won't even think about them during the fucking year. I'll just be like, Oh, it's like Kyrie's out with an ACL. Sure. It's like Wiggins is out with an ACL. He's just not on the squad. I won't even yeah. think about him. I agree. Well, I know, I know we have a limited time and we got to get through a couple more things. Um, and also I'm starving for the record, change the topic. I am really hungry. Today is a nice, warm, high seventies day. Perfect time for me to grill out some of that amazing butcher box meat, Joe. I love this stuff, guys. It's 100% grass-fed and finished beef. Listen to all the stuff they have. The 100% grass-fed and finished beef, the free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, the wild-caught lobster tails, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon, the sugar-free bacon. And here's something even better. Today's sponsor, ButcherBox, is offering our listeners ground beef for life. Does it get any better than that? I don't think so. For life? Life. Tell me more, Andy. How does how does this for life deal work? Oh, this is this is this, that's that's exactly what I'm gonna do here. The process is very simple. Once you're signed up, you choose your box and delivery frequency. They offer five boxes, four curated box options, as well as the popular custom box. So you get exactly what you and your family love. Butcher Box ships your order frozen at peak freshness and is packed in a 100% recyclable box and is shipped always free. You enjoy great tasting, high quality meat delivered right to your door. And I absolutely love everything they have. Really love that sugar-free bacon we were talking about. That I put that in my breakfast, the Andy Ruther breakfast scramble. I had some of their lobster tails, boiled those, turned that into a nice little salad with the lobster meat. Is it lobster meat? That doesn't make yeah. sense. Is that, is that what it's sure called? It yeah. Why, why wouldn't that make sense? Of course okay. it makes sense. So Dirtballs, this is your chance to never have the shop for ground beef again. That's right. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for life. Sign up now at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty and get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership. So log on to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty to claim this deal. Okay. What is your heart out? 11. I get called 12 more minutes would be okay. good. 12 more minutes. So we'll, we'll skip calls today. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. If you got a call, leave it. We'll get to those next episode. We have to discuss briefly then the Cardinals winning 16 straight. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. We, we both saw it coming. It's unbelievable. It is. It is pretty unbelievable. <laughs> the end of the year, they're they're now they have the third longest consecutive win streak in Major League Baseball history. Yeah, and they waited to the very end of the year to do this. It's the most St. Louis Cardinals thing ever. How now? You're you're a NL Central guy. How do you feel like they, like, I mean, you win this many games. You're, you're obviously playing great baseball. How do you think from what you, all the Cardinals 
what you, you've watched this year? Do you still, do you think they compete against a Giants or a Dodgers? It's tough, a, man. But any game, you know, one game. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. One game. No, of course, anybody's can win that wild card game. I'm saying then they have to, they're going to have to take on who will it be another, it would be, it would be the Brewers for them, right? After they get through. No, they would play the the team with the best record, right? Which would be the Dodgers or Giants. Yeah, right, right, right. Sorry. I don't see them winning that winning. But again, I don't know what to think when you win 16 in a row. It's like, who knows? Yeah. You hate to see it. You hate both of you, our, both of our teams. Both of our teams hate the Cardinals. I hate the, I hate the Cardinals more than any team in that division. Um, and then I have mixed feelings. The Reds gave two more years to David Bell in the middle of the meltdown, and it's like the argument is they were expected to be way worse than they were. They competed. My counter argument would be you caught lightning in a bottle with thirty seven year old Joey Votto. Nick Castellanos is best year ever wade miley's best year i think ever it's like well, i mean caught- i think i mean the, so the counter to that argument is they call lightning in a bottle or he's responsible for those guys best years i know he's a, a player's manager and they like him he's also an yeah. analytics dude so i don't know it's it's it, it's just interesting that you would give a guy a contract in the worst stretch of the year you didn't do it in August when they were 13 games above 500. You waited till they were about four games above 500 after losing all these games. So I don't know, but you got to be happy with your season, even though the way it ended, right? Like you got, I mean, I would, you didn't want him fired. Yeah. I just, I, you get your hopes up, man. Like I said, yeah. last episode, this, this city is just, I mean, Bengals fans are losing their mind already. And I'm just laughing because they have Jacksonville on Thursday. So they'll probably go to three and one. Yeah. And uh, I just yeah, laughed. You got Jamar Chase, uh, you know, who's who's winning fantasy leagues on the curse, the Ruther curse alone. The 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 Bengals last six games I looked at are so like six or seven. It's so tough. I yeah. I, I I still I'm still sticking by. They don't win seven games. Am I crazy? Wow. I mean, I, no, I don't. Does my hate? Crazy. Does my hate go so hard? For the Cincinnati Bengals, that I think that they don't, even if they start three and one, I don't think they win seven games. And I still think drafting Chase was terrible over an offensive tackle. I mean, my thing with that is always, and I will, you know, I've backed you on that, which is just, you know, you have a young quarterback, you got to protect him. They're not. I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing that they're not doing this year. They're not winning a playoff game. They're not winning the Super Bowl. You're going to have to pay, you know, a, you, you eventually have to pay. You hope, you hope that Joe Burrow is so good. You have to give him a massive contract one day, right? Sure. Why wouldn't you pair that with a guy to protect him? Like, it's just. Doesn't make sense. Historically in the NFL, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you're better off having a, great quarterback and a great offensive line than you are having a great quarterback and a great receiver to pair him with. It's like, you know, you don't need like who's no. Tom Brady's star receiver ever. Exactly. How many different guys Aaron Rodgers has gone through? Yeah. 
look, I know you got to go so we can wrap this up again. Call the hotline 310-359-8365. Please call the hotline. We'll do extra calls on the next episode. Sure. Drop a podcast review. I'm sending out some more koozies today. Leave your Instagram or Twitter handle in that review and uh, check your DMs. And if I haven't sent you one, I'm supposed to remind me at Andy Ruther with DM, please. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter. I'm at Fix Your Life. I don't know how it would be possible at this point for you not to know that I'm in New Orleans this weekend, but I know that it is possible. <laughs> I'm in New Orleans this weekend. Comedy House, New Orleans. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Going to watch my own three Giants versus Jameis on Sunday. So if you're down in that area, come out to a show. Ticket link in all of my bios. Buy tickets early. Don't wait. It's a very small club. Please don't. Please, 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 if you're thinking about coming, don't get fucking, you know, sold out. It's a super small club. Don't, I, it, would, don't would just be, it would be, it would be so pathetic if you'd be like, no, there's no tickets left. Please, if you're going to come buy the tickets now, uh, I have more shows coming up uh, in San Diego with Eddie Gift. Uh, a lot of shows uh, getting planned for November with Eddie. So stay on my website at joeprano.com. All right. That is our show today. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Have a great start to your week. We'll be back on Thursday. And as always, stay dirty.